Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. We are in week number four of a series on freedom. The reason why we're doing a series on freedom, a couple years ago, God spoke to me and Pastor Diane and said, uh, I want you to focus on three things uh, going forward at LifePoint. Not that we won't speak on other things, but they are family, faith, and freedom. And so we are on week four. We've talked about how to get free in the area of insecurity, intimidation, and um, inadequacy. And we looked at how there's a spirit behind those emotions. We talked about how to get freedom in those areas. We're going to do one more week next weekend, and we'll wrap this up, and then we'll move into, uh, as you saw, our, our December Christmas season. But this morning, I want to continue uh, our series that we're calling Freedom Formula. And I want to read a couple of scriptures that I've been reading during the series. And I believe I'm going to really, really, really help you this morning. So I want you to be ready to receive. So in the book of Galatians, in chapter 5, in verse 1, it's a verse we've been using during this series, and it says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So this scripture tells us that as believers, it's written to believers, right? So we, we can live in freedom. Amen? We can live in freedom. It's the will of God that you and I would not just be saved, but live in freedom in our lives going forward, in our Jesus journey, in our faith walk. We can live in freedom. It also tells us that we can love Jesus and not really walk in freedom in certain areas of our life. It also tells us that we can have freedom and actually lose that freedom if we don't do what the Bible tells us to do here in the book of John chapter 8. It says this in, in chapter 8. It says, Jesus said to people who believed in him. Any believers? This is, then this is what he says to us. You are truly my disciples if you remain. Now, the word disciple means a radical follower. Any radical followers in here? All right, so you are truly a radical follower if you remain faithful to my teachings. Most translations say it this way. If you abide in his word, and his word abides in you. So if you are full of the word of God, the Bible is very clear to us that you're his disciple. And if you are his disciple, verse 32 says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you up. Free. The word know means intimately. It's actually the phrase for sexual intimacy. You will intimately know the truth, and the truth or the reality of Christ will set you free or it will liberate you. Now, they responded to Jesus and said, we're the descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean we'll be set free? So they didn't even know there were some areas they needed to be set free in. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins becomes a slave of sin. And a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but, but a son is a part of the family. We're sons and daughters. We're part of the family. Verse 36, so if the son sets you free, you are what? Truly free. The word free means you are, liber you are liberated from restriction or limitation. You are also liberated to have faith to believe what you desire. So the Bible says this, if you know, intimately come to know the word of God and the word of God remains and abides in you, then you will know the truth, the reality of Christ, and the reality of Christ will liberate you from restrictions and it will liberate you into believing that which you desire. That's a pretty cool scripture. 
That's a pretty good scripture if you ask me. And so we've said this, how, how, how would a bondage come in someone's life? Or the Bible uses the word stronghold or a restriction or something that we're bound to. It can happen in different ways. Uh, the Bible uses this word uh, in scripture, it uses the word iniquity. It just means some of us has, uh, some of us have had some things or all of us have had some things that have just been passed down in our family lines that we haven't been to some certain areas. And so some of it's just through iniquities in our life, things that have been passed through our, our family line to us. Um, it can also come through experiences. There are some things we go to or go through in our lives, some experiences that, that could lead us to some bondages. And the other way it could come is there are some exposures. We could be exposed to some things uh, intentionally or unintentionally, and these things could lead to restrictions, uh, limitations, bondages, and even strongholds in our lives. But the Bible says that we can love Jesus and have some of those strongholds, but the Bible also says it's the will of God that he frees us from those. So it takes some revelation on our part, some intention on our part, and so I call it the freedom formula. And he, here's how I believe we can walk in freedom in any area of our life, and it's this formula that we recognize the problem. Some of, some of it in our life, it's just some problems. Doesn't mean we're not going to heaven. Doesn't mean we don't love Jesus, but it could be some problem areas in our life. How do we recognize them? Well, we could look at some of the moods in our lives, some of the problems in our lives, some of the conversations in our lives some of the habits in our lives, and realize that there's a problem area in my life. We've talked about some of them, fear, insecurities, inadequacies, all of these things we can recognize as some strongholds or problems in our lives. Then what do we do? We have to take responsibility. Sometimes we need to repent of them. Sometimes we need to break some vows. Sometimes we need to forgive some people. There are many things we can do, but we need to take responsibility, and then we, we need to rely on the truth or the reality of Christ going forward. I believe that leads to freedom in our life. The reality that Jesus is in you and you coming to revelation in that and living in the Word of God can set you free. Not just because it's a popular verse, but because you, you, you come to know the reality of Christ. And I wanted to give you this reality. Whether you know this or not, everything you need for life, for freedom, going forward, it resides in you right now. It's not something that has to come. You just need greater revelation. This is the truth. You just need greater revelation that the fullness of Christ is in you. I'm going to go talk to this side. That's all you need to know is have more and more revelation that everything you need to live out and walk in freedom and be free and live on the next level, everything you need to, to understand your blessing, all you need to know is in the reality of Christ that's already in you. I'm staying over here. It, you need to know that it is already in you. That's the reality of Christ. All right, y'all ready for something this weekend, something this morning? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle something that I believe is going to give you revelation and is going to help you. Here we go. Ready? Look at someone and say, we bind the spirit of Turkey in Jesus' name. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 5. Look at this. This is in, in verse 21. It says this, and this is a sobering verse, but it's, it's going um, to be the catalyst for what I want to say for the next few moments. For God sees everything you do. Look at someone say, he's talking to you. God sees everything. All the parents are like, I'm telling you, we're talking to you. For God sees everything that you do, and his eyes are wide open as he observes. Now look what it says. Every single habit that you have, beware that your sins don't overtake you, and the scars of your own conscience or your inner voice is another way of saying that. 
Don't become the ropes that tie you up. Those who choose wickedness die for the lack of self-control. For their foolish ways lead them astray. It carries them away as hostages, kidnapped captives, robbed of destiny. Isn't that a cool few verses? Now, I want you to just think about the words that are in, that are in, in, those, few, in those three verses. It, it says some things like this. Habits, thoughts, choices, lack of self-control, and foolish ways can overtake us. Have you ever had a habit, some foolish ways, some sins, some thoughts, some choices, or lack of self-control overtake you? And it goes on and says it can overtake you. It can actually be ropes that tie you up. It can carry you away just like a hostage, and it will kidnap and steal your destiny. What is this verse potentially talking about? I think it could be talking about things that we're addicted to. Or it could be talking about a really important topic like addiction, habits, thoughts, lack of self-control, choices that still are destiny, that tie us up. And I would say this to you, that if you're human and you're breathing, we all struggle with addiction. We were born addicted to self. I'll prove it to you. What do you do when you turn the shower on? Why? Don't want it too hot. Don't want it too... We're addicted to self. We're, addic- we're born addicted to sin. We're born addicted to death. And if we're humans, we have this potential to be a- addicted or to face addiction or to struggle with different types of addiction. Here's the problem with addiction. It turns you away from God, it turns you to yourself, and it turns you away from others. Now, I want to give you a definition of addiction. I don't know if this is on the screen or not, but I'm going to read it to you. It's a, yeah, there it is. It's a little bit wordy. I wouldn't try to write it down. I'd just take a picture if you want to. Addiction is a compulsive, chronic physiological, psychological, or physical dependence on a substance, a behavior, or an activity. Now, now let that sink in. It's compulsive. It's chronic. It can be physiological, psychological, or physical, depending on a substance, a behavior, or an activity. Now, before you snooze off on me and say, I'm not addicted to drugs, I'm not familiar with that world, I want you to know that addiction is more than drugs. It's more than illegal substances. I believe there are three different categories of addictions. Substance, behavioral, and and impulsive. Substance, behavioral, and impulsive. Now, let, let me give you some illustrations. I think substance speaks for itself, but substance, there are many of us who have struggled with being addicted to substances. And those, those can be, and the most popular, the, most, the thing that comes to our mind, first of all, is illegal drugs. That, that comes to our mind. We've had many people here that have been liberated and set free from an addiction to illegal drugs. But it doesn't just include illegal drugs. It, it could include some things that aren't illegal. Those things could be cigarettes, alcohol, tobacco, prescriptions, even caffeine would fall under that category. Oh, maybe it's not substance, that might be your challenge. Maybe, maybe it's behavioral. 
Some of us are addicted to food. Oreos. Let's just have a big self-help group. How many have ever been addicted to Oreos? <laughs> I'm, I'm making light of that, but oftentimes there, there are food addictions. There are sexual addictions, things like pornography, relationship addictions. They, they say that one of the newest addictions right now and one of the strongest is gaming. You know, gaming. Some people can't function because they're gaming. Now, there's nothing wrong with playing games. But how many know it can be obsessive and it can be an addiction? Some people are addicted to work. Some people are addicted to exercise. Some people are addicted to shopping. Some people are addicted to money and status. Some people are addicted to social media. We're all probably a little more addicted to social media than we like to admit. And they're also impulsive, things like gambling. Some people lose thousands and thousands of dollars because they're addicted to gambling. Others are addicted with mental addictions, some with emotional addictions. Some people are, are uh, addicted to pain, wounds. So what I'm saying to you is addictions can come for many reasons. They can come because of wounds in our life, depressions we have. Um, addictions can come because of peer pressure, adventure-seeking some of us do have some physical and chemical makeups that make us up maybe a little bit more prone to uh, substance abuse. Sometimes it's loneliness. I just want to say this. No matter how the addiction came or no matter what the addiction looks like, I believe this, that God doesn't want you addicted to anything but him. He doesn't want you addicted to anything other than him. So this isn't about how the addiction came or even what the addiction might be, whether it's an illegal substance whether it's sexual, whether it's emotional, all of us have this tendency to have addictive behavior. And all of us can struggle with different types of addiction, whether it could be prescription pills, it could be gambling, it could be our careers, whatever it be. I don't want to say it again. God doesn't want you addicted to anything other than him. Like I said, now don't, don't tune me off if you've never had an addiction to, um, to, to an illegal substance because... I wanted to just say all that to just say, we all can fight addiction. Now, what I've done in this series is I've showed you an issue. They've all started with the letter I, if you haven't noticed yet. But I wanted to show you that there's a spirit behind it. Because if I can show you the spirit behind it, I believe you can have a revelation, and that is a massive step to putting your faith out there to be free from those things. When I told you that there is a spirit behind intimidation, and it's the spirit of fear. I told you that there is a spirit behind insecurity, which is a spirit of rejection. This morning, I want to tell you that there is a spirit behind the problem of addiction. And when I share it with you, I want you to embrace it. I want you to receive it because I believe getting some understanding will let you walk free. Now, let me say up front with you, any program that helps you get free from an addiction, I'm for but I do believe a lot of those programs leave us short on what we need to realize and how to, how to walk going forward. Because a lot of people get free from one area or one substance, but they start something else to take its place. And I think Jesus is the one who can take that place and really liberate you. 
So, so hear me out for the next few moments. Here we go. Y'all ready? What spirit is behind addiction? No matter how addiction came, no matter what addiction might be in your life, it could be Oreos, whatever it might be. Galatians chapter 5 says this. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. It's things like immor- sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God. That's what we call idolatry. Manipulating others, that actually means witchcraft. Hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, all these other similar behaviors. So Paul just lists a bunch of stuff. And in there at the end he says, I've already warned you about those who use their freedom for these things. They will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. Now let me tell you what all that means. Paul is not talking about you had a failure or you had a sin. He's talking about an habitual practice of these things. And he says the habitual practice of these things eliminates the joy of God's kingdom being ruler and reign over your life. So when it says kingdom of heaven or kingdom realm, it doesn't mean going to heaven. It means the power of the kingdom operating in your life. So what it's saying is we can have these areas of our life, and if they are habitual and if they are addictions, it can keep the power of God's reign and the power of God's rule from ruling in our lives. And it tells us in these verses the spirit that influences addiction. Are you ready for it? It it was the first word I brought out to you. It's idolatry. There is a spirit behind addiction, whether your addiction is Twinkies or your career, whether it's an illegal substance, whatever it might be, there's a spirit behind addiction, and it is the spirit of idolatry. Now, when we think of idolatry, we think of back in the Old Testament when there were statues that they would bow down to. Well, none of us have those probably in our backyard that we're going to bow down to. So sometimes they're not visible. Here's what idolatry is. Idolatry is anything or anyone that we rely on instead of God. Did you all get that? Idolatry today in in our modern world is anything or anyone that you rely on instead of God. Because usually what happens when we fall into some type of addiction, no matter what type of addiction it is, we're relying on something other than relying on God. Does that not make sense? We have a wound, a hurt in our lives, and instead of relying on God healing that, we're relying on a substance. Come on, now stick with me. Instead of feeling some pain or, or, or depression or something that has happened that we've gone through, we begin to rely on something else instead of the power of God. Or Maybe, maybe it's not about a depressing thing. Maybe, we, maybe we're pressured into something, and instead of relying on who God says we are, we fall into an addiction because of pressure from, from culture or peers. Or maybe you're just a thrill seeker, and you're looking for adventure, and instead of finding your adventure in the power and the adventure of Christ, you're finding it in something else. Does that make sense? So the Bible says this. There's this list of all these things, and Paul says, if these are habits in your life, and he points out idolatry, if it's a habit in your life, it keeps, it keeps from you the ruling kingdom realm power of God from being the rule and reign and the source of joy and strength in your life. Because idolatry is relying on it. And this is why I said to you, God does not want you or me addicted to anything other than him. 
I'm going to give you liberty and freedom to be addicted to Jesus. I'm going to give you freedom, and I would encourage you to be addicted to the Word of God, to be addicted to the power of His Holy Spirit, to be addicted to the reality of truth that Jesus can be anything you need Him to be, but cannot be anything you do not let Him be. And I had a friend one time that said it this way, there is no high like the most high. I would encourage you to get your high off of the most high. Someone say amen. amen. So behind the power of addiction, but I want you to get this, that addiction is not just illegal drugs. Do you all have that? And this is not confession hour, but some of us have been addicted to Oreos. I made fun of it, but some of us have been addicted to our careers. Some of us are addicted to status. Some of us are addicted to power. And our world is a very addictive world. And our Western culture is an extremely addictive culture. But I want to liberate you from it. There, you are not obligated to an illegal substance. You are not obligated to, to any addiction. You are not obligated to a food addiction. You are not obligated to these things. You are set free. You are a son and daughter of the Most High. You are no longer a slave. Come on, someone say amen. Slaves are addicted. You are not obligated. You're a son and you're a daughter of God. You can be set free from a sexual addiction, illegal substance, or just a nasty, nasty caffeine addiction. You can be set free. And you can stay free. One of the problems that I have in a lot of addiction recovery is the lingo and the verbiage that you hear. I've gone to, I've gone to um, programs where they're honoring people for their sub time of sobriety, which was awesome only to have a leader in the lingo for the rest of, of the meeting. I, I'm, I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. They're still claiming. In other words, they are living one bad moment from being back under that addiction. And I want you to know that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say I'm redeemed. You don't have to go around saying I'm, 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 a, I'm a this, I'm a that. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. There is power in what you say. I don't care if you slip up and have a mistake. What should come out of your mouth? Not that you're one step from being under that power, that you had, a, you had a little bit of a failure, but you're still a son of God. You are still free. I'll tell you something crazy if you want to hear it. I've told people this. If you want to get free from cigarettes, every time you take a puff on that cigarette, you just say, I am loose from this power in the name of Jesus. I'm not addicted to cigarettes. Even if you have to be like, <sighs> never been a smoker. I don't know what that looked like. <laughs> whatever you're, whatever you're, you can say, I am not addicted to this in the name of, you say, well, that's crazy why you don't, no, I'm saying you speak out the word of God. It will break any addiction off of you. It will free you. Why? It's the word of God and the word of God works and there is power in the word of God. Now, I'm not giving you licenses to go do that. I'm just saying, if you know you have an addiction, speak the word of God over it. Say what God says about it. Because when you keep saying it about you, you're still making it about you. Addiction makes it about you. It makes it about you and not God. God can free you from your fear. God can free you from your insecurity. God can take your insecurity and make you the most secure person. God can take your inadequacy and make you the most confident person. And God can take the most addicted person and make them the most delivered and free person because the power of God and the Word of God still works. Whether it's Twinkies or whatever it is, you need to look at it and say, I'm not addicted to this anymore. So can I make you some life points this morning? Ready, number one, first life point is this. All addictions are idols, and all idols are addictive. All addictions are idols, 
and all idols are addictive. All the way back in the early part of the Bible, in the book of Exodus, God was giving them commands. He gave them the Ten Commandments or his list of of laws to live by. And he, he said this in the very beginning, have no other gods before me and make no what? Graven images. Because God knows whatever gets our attention gets our affection. Whatever gets our affection gets our allegiance. It steals our worship. Your pain can steal his worship. God is a zealous and jealous God for your life. Did you hear that? He's a jealous God over you. He's a zealous God over you. He wants to be the source of your life. He wants to be the source of your strength. He wants to be the source of your sanity. He wants to be the source of your wholeness. He wants to be the source of your security. He wants to be the source of your adequacy. God wants to be your source. Anything else, if it's a substance, if it's a person, if it's a behavior, it's the sin of idolatry. It's the problem of idolatry. It's letting anything else be what we rely on instead of God. So anything that's an idol becomes addictive in our life. And as I said, sometimes it's not as extreme. Used to be back in the days, some of you were addicted to soap operas. Don't raise your hands. It's not so much soap operas now. It's binge watching. It's Netflix. Have you ever tried to stop watching a show? We just have these addictive personalities. And I'm not saying any of that is wrong. I'm just saying God needs to be the source of our adventure. The source of our hopelessness. The source of our discouragement. He's a zealous, jealous God for your life. He wants to be the source of your life. The source of your heartache, the source of your pain, the source of your wound, the source of your questions, the source of your weakness, the source of your questions. He wants to be that. Let him be. I wrote this down. I want to make sure that I say this. Addictions rob God of the opportunity to be our everything. What an addiction. Remember, a habit, a thought, lack of self-control. Those things rob God of being the source of our everything. That's why every addiction is an idol. And every idol can be addictive. Now, is there anything with Ore- wrong with Oreos? No. As long as the Oreos don't own you. Well, I've got willpower. Has your willpower ever failed you? The greatest problem with those who have an addiction problem is relying on their willpower. I can quit anytime. No, you can't. You can't stop sinning. That's why you needed a savior. Second point. Idolatry is demonic and it's destructive. It's demonic and it's destructive. James says it this way. It's it's this pattern of temptation. He compares it to to kind of like fishing. You know, when you go fishing, you you get out that fishing rod and you got your line and you, 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 you can take a fishing pole. You can get in the best boat, but if you don't have some bait, you won't catch any fish. Tell me, no, the, the bait is the biggest key. And so the Bible says what happens We're lured to things 
that are already in us. There are these desires we have, and something lures us away. Just like when you drop that bait in front of that fish, and you begin to work that lure, or you work that bait, it's tempting to that fish, and that fish will come, and he'll be attracted to it, and he will, he will bite that bait, and you set that hook, and now that fish no longer owns that bait. You own the fish. That's how these things can be in our lives. They, they, there's something in us that's drawn to it. It lures us. We test it. We bite into it, and now it owns us. That's how addiction works. The first thing about addiction is it's, it's disappointing because it takes another high to beat that high. It will always leave you disappointed. You will always want another Oreo. You always want more status. You always want more and more. It leaves you disappointed. Not only does it leave you disappointed, it will deform you. Here's what I mean by that. It will deform your identity. You are no longer able to be under the rule and reign of the kingdom realm. Now you're under your rule and reign. It will deform who you are in Christ. You'll quit seeing yourself as a son of God and free. Now you'll see yourself stuck to something. It'll just deform your identity. And then it will dominate you. Some of you, it's dominated your income, it's dominated relationships, it's dominated your body, it's dominated your thinking. I heard someone say this before, that because you, in actuality, it, 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 it can be sin. Sin will always take you further than you want to go, always keep you longer than you want to stay, and always cost you more than you wanted to pay. So it's behind an addiction is a spirit, it's a demonic spirit. It's what the Bible says is, is, is the sin behind all sins. It's this self-seeking. Are y'all hearing me? Colossians chapter 3. Paul wrote this. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Things like fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. What is covetousness? It, it means I'm not content. I'm looking for something else. That's what covetousness is. And that is what the Bible says is the sin of adultery. Because of these things, there's the wrath of God on the sins of uh, the sons of disobedience. So the Bible says we need to deaden ourselves to these things. How would, you dead, how would you deaden yourself to those things? Here's how you deaden yourself to those things. You submit yourself to God. You bring yourself under the rank of the word of God. You bring yourself under the rank of of the will of God, you bring yourself under the rank of the ways of God, that's how you deaden yourself to those things. And it should be a confession in your life to say, I, whatever your addiction or challenge might be, you need to look in the mirror and say, I am dead to that, fill in the blank, I'm alive to God. I am dead to sin, I'm alive to God. I am dead to that addiction, I'm alive to God. I'm dead to that, those cigarettes, I'm alive to God. I am dead to that emotion, I'm alive to God. I'm dead to those things, I'm alive. That's the word of God. That's you quoting the word of God. That's you getting into agreement with the word of God. I am dead to that, I'm alive to God. I'm dead to that wound, I'm alive to God. I'm dead to that insecurity, I'm alive to God. I'm dead to that in inadequacy, I'm alive to God. How many believe there's... Now, now think about this. When God created this world we're in, how did he do it? He spoke. He spoke. How will God deliver you? Speak the word of God. How does God keep you delivered? Speak the reality of Christ. Speak those things. What does faith do? It declares those things that are not as though they are. It's saying, I am free from this. They say, well, Pastor Aaron, you don't know what it's like to go through and be addicted to something really physical. Yeah, you, it can become a physical addiction, but 
I want you to know that God can set you free, spirit, soul, and body. Last life point is this. First one, every idol or all addictions are idols. Every idol is addictive. Second point, idolatry is demonic and destructive. Here's the last one. God's greater than any addiction. God is greater than any addiction. God is greater than you. God is greater than anything you're addicted to. God's greater than any wound, any insecurity, any inadequacy, any intimidation. And he's greater than any idolatry. He's, he's greater than the Oreos. He's greater than the illegal. He's greater than the prescription pills. He's greater than these things. The power of God. We just sang about it a moment ago. God's greater than all of those things. Are y'all awake? Now, we bound the spirit of turkey. Don't give in to it. Don't fall back under it, right? Stick with me for a moment because I believe this morning what God wants to do. I believe anytime you can give revelation, you can put faith to it, and results can happen. I wanted to open up some revelation for you this morning because if you, you, you may be sitting here and dealing with any of those addictions I spoke about this morning. I want you to know that you, so you're saying, Pastor, and I can just get free from hearing this message. I'm saying you can get free from getting revelation from this message, putting your faith to it. And faith is you opening your mouth, opening your voice, putting your heart toward it. God can walk you out of freedom. He can use a program. He can use a person. But he will always use the word of God to set you free. And if you are set free, you're free indeed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If we took addiction and we put it to that formula, it would work a little bit like this. Recognize the problem. What is the thing in your life that's controlling your choices, controlling your identity? Maybe you need to say, how did it come? Maybe it came because of a wound. You opened the door to something. You, you have something in you that was bent that way, but recognizing that this, this could be a problem. But here's the problem. Most people stop there because they live in a victim mentality. They live there. Well, this happened, so this is why I am like I am. That's not biblical. Biblical God says you're who he says you are. You are who he died for you to be. And if you once to yourself were an addict to whatever it may be, substance, behavior, or an impulse, he died that you would be free from that. The body of Jesus on that cross was there for your deliverance, for your freedom, not just for salvation, but you could walk out and be free. God wants you free. He wants you free from these things. He doesn't want you to limp into heaven. He wants you leaping and running when your hour and your time comes or he opens the skies. He wants you to live like everything he says in this book is true about you. There's not an asterisk beside you. Yeah, but this, but yeah, but you had this addiction. But yeah, you messed up this, or yeah, this. There's not an asterisk. It just says you're a son or daughter. He took all of that. He became that for you. And we got to take responsibility. Sometimes we got to open our mouth and say, God, I repent. And we got to open our mouths and say, that's not me anymore. I'm a son of God. I am free from fill in the blank. That no longer has power over me. What if you slip? What if you don't? 
What if you slip one more time and you never slip again? You keep claiming Jesus. I'm going to answer that for you here. And then you rely on the truth, the reality of Christ. I want to close with two scriptures. Why don't you go ahead and stand? I'm going to read these scriptures. They'll be on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We all experience times of testing. That means we all have gone through times when things have attached themselves to us, is literally what that means. This is normal for every human being. In other words, we all struggle with some stuff. But God will be faithful to you. Did you hear it? God will be faithful to you. No matter what your challenge is, your setback, your weakness, what you've gone through, what you've experienced, what you've been exposed to, God will be faithful to you. He will be faithful to you. And when God is faithful, there's not a demon, not a drug, not a person, not a devil that can keep you from your destiny. But God will be faithful. He will screen, he will filter the severity, the nature and the timing of every test and trial you face so you can bear it. And each test, listen, each test is an opportunity to trust God more. Every challenge, whether you win it or you lose it, it's an opportunity for you to recognize God more, to lean into God more. For along with every trial, God has provided an escape. What that means is God's faithfulness empowers you to escape. God's faithfulness empowers you to have victory. He will bring you out of it victoriously. I mean, I'm looking at a room full. I'm, I, there are people watching and there are people at home. I want you to know this is a room full of victors. If you are a born again believer, you are a victor. You, see, you may have some stuff in your yesterday. You may not be there yet in some areas, but you are a victor. You've already won over hell. You're winning over these areas. You're winning over your health. You're winning in your You're a winner. You're becoming more and more victorious. I want to read you a scripture and say something that they fail to say sometimes in recovery. Here we go. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person. That's Jesus. And it brought salvation. But look at verse 12. This same grace, the same grace that saved you, teaches you how to live every day. As we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles, and equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly eyes, even in this present age. Listen to me. What saved you was grace. What delivers you 24-7, Sunday through Saturday, what, what saved you delivers you. And a lot of people will say something ridiculous like this. Well, if it wasn't for the grace of God, as if that's a weakness, as if that's last resort. It is not weakness, it's your sufficiency. The same, the same grace that was a gift from God to save you, keep you going from hell, is the same gift from God, the sufficiency, the energy, the capacity to set you free 24-7. Because a lot of you were delivered, but you're afraid you're going to have one bad moment and be back under it. The same grace that delivered you keeps you day by day by day. It's the same grace that heals you. It's the same grace that frees you. It's the grace of Jesus. It's the cause of God. It's the gift of God. And I love, I'm going to read the end of that verse. It's what equips you to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. It will let you live self-controlled so you're not tied up to it. It'll let you elevate so you're not under it. 
Someone rejoice for the grace of God this morning, the goodness of God this morning. Someone shout about the goodness of God. The